Home is a part of the Boing Boing Podcast Network. For great shows like Gweek, Flash Forward, You Are Not So Smart, and Futility Closet, visit boingboingpodcasts.com. You can find more information about this show at homestoriesla.net. A program note, by the way, there's some mildly adult language in this episode. Nothing you can't hear during the average night on basic cable, but a little beyond the normal for this series. So if you have tender ears, consider yourself advised. I enjoy a Hampton Inn with the power of the sun, just because they're all the same. They have that weird breakfast I don't really want, but I want them to offer it. Uh, there is coffee, there is free Wi-Fi. You know, when you're doing your second, doing your second or third show on a weekend night, you're babysitting. Sometimes on the road, and I am not the hero of this story, I am a heartbeat away from a temper tantrum. In Ocean City, we stayed in a place there was no lock on the front door. And the shower was, you know those, those kind of metal uh, showers that you see in a camp, you know, like a summer camp? When you very first start, you drive a lot more, and uh, you're in your car. And I, it was thrilling for me because I had quit teaching fourth grade and I thought, man, I'm out here doing this. I'm doing this. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm on the road. This is great. And it was better than teaching. I like teaching fourth grade, but this was better than teaching fourth grade. Nothing is perfect. You know how like people have that nostalgia. They're like, it was better when I was a kid. Things were better. And I was like, no, you didn't have any responsibilities. That was what was so great. You were nine. This is Home. Stories from L.A. I'm Bill Barol. In the in the '90s, when I first started doing the road, I and I count them as I counted them as weeks, but they could like if it was just three nights a week. Let's go smaller level of what a what a what a week on the road is. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sometimes it's Tuesday. Sometimes it goes to Sunday. Whatever. But three times thirty-five. What is that? That's over a hundred nights a a year. So. That, that's a minimum. That's a minimum to make a living for me is to do 35 weeks a year, which is about 150 days, uh, 120 days on the road. Three years ago, two or three years ago, I did 46 weeks, um, which was too many. And I I genuinely would burst into tears when I thought about getting on a plane or leaving my bed or my husband or my life. <laughs> so That's Jackie Cation. She's a comedian and a writer. You can hear her on the podcasts Dork Forest and The Jackie and Lori Show. I wanted to talk to some comedians about life on the road and how they balance it with some idea of home. I wanted to find out if the road is the opposite of home or if in some ways it can become a kind of home. The answer from three experienced comics with years on the road between them is, it's complicated. I'm looking forward to my next trip, and as soon as I leave the house, can't wait to get home. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm looking forward to, I'm flying to Newark, New Jersey tomorrow, but I'm a, as soon as I get there, I'm going to go, okay, where does this trip end and when do I get home? So it's kind of an odd existence. That's Brad Upton. He's away from home about a third of the year, sometimes for as many as 18 nights at a time if he's working a cruise ship. Kathy Ladman doesn't work the road as much as she did in her heavy road years, which more or less corresponded with her 30s. She's been prepping a one-woman show, Does This Show Make Me Look Fat?, and it'll premiere soon. 
When she was doing a lot of work on the road, though. At my most intense road travel, I was probably sometimes going out three weeks a month. That was a lot for me. That's a lot for anybody. Away from home, unmoored from family and friends and everything that constitutes normal life, it's a very particular way to make a living. It has its benefits, of course. I was doing like 20, 25 shows a month, full shows. I mean, that's a lot. And that makes you really loose and really fluid and really, you know, able to uh, create on your feet. And that part was really fun. It got, ti- it got very tiring, though. And some of the venues got tiring because, um, you know, it, it's, I started to realize that I was a vehicle for selling alcohol. So there's the yin and yang of it. You learn your trade, you hone your material, all to the good. But as a way of life, as a way of living, it can be killing. Depends on what you can handle. You know, depends on what you want in your life. I mean, I had, I loved, um, I didn't stop at at 39. I did it, but it wasn't as intensified because I started writing on TV shows. I started doing more acting. I was in town more. Um, But I started to want something. I started to get sick of like being on airplanes all the time. And not everybody feels like that. And it isn't just the travel. Consider the weird suspension of normal human rhythms and routines. Brad Upton's two kids are grown and out of the house now, but when they were younger... Get them ready for school. I walk them up to the school bus. I'm at the school bus when they come home. I get them after school. You know, those are my responsibilities. You just don't have, you know, you don't have your, your calendar is not filled with errands. You don't have errands to do. You don't have to go to the tailor. You don't have to go to the dry cleaner. You don't have to go to a doctor's appointment. You don't have to fill the car with gas. You don't have to go to the supermarket. Well, you do go to the supermarket, but it's not the same thing. Okay, that part, that part sounds kind of great, to be honest. Woohoo! I'm up. I have nothing, you know. The wife does it that while I'm gone, and then, yeah, it's pretty nice. I, you, you really, the road comic has a pretty easy life. I mean, you don't have anything but the show that night. So it is kind of a nice existence. Again, though, the road giveth and the road taketh away. Along with that suspension of responsibilities, at least some of them, there's also a suspension on the road of some of the Call them the rules of acceptable conduct. I actually, I don't want to name his name, but I uh, was in a condo one night and this guy, a comic, uh, spit on the carpet. I mean, spit on the carpet and he spit on the curtain. And I go, you do that one more time, I'm going to knock the shit out. He goes, what, it's a fucking condo. I go, I don't give a shit, I'm staying here all week. I'm going to beat your ass right here. You do that again. But that's the mindset of some of the guys. It's like, geez, leave it nicer than you found it. It doesn't have to be this crazy. A lot of these stories seem to take place in what comics call the comedy condo. It was usually an apartment or a condo. Occasionally it was a house put together with spit and glue, you know, that kind of thing. And um, 
it was bare and it sort of, I guess, maybe looked like a shitty corporate apartment. And you'd open the refrigerator and there were always like multiple jars of mustard and multiple jars of mayo and multiple jars of ketchup, bottles of ketchup, because nobody would use each other's things, but they just stayed there. You know, and there would be this collection of crap. Um, and the beds weren't great, and the blankets weren't great, and the sheets weren't great, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining the worst of it. I was just talking to a friend last week. It's like how certain acts, there were certain acts who ruined it for the other comics that abused privileges. You know, like you'd go one week and say, oh, there's no more phone because so-and-so was here last week and he ran up a bill. And I remember one time I stayed at this place, um, condo in uh, Oklahoma City at a club called Joker's, and the thermostat in the condo had one of those big plastic things on it with a lock so we couldn't change the temperature so we, we found like if we put a knife in there was a slit in the plastic and if we put a knife in there we'd be able to mechanically move the thermostat I mean it was it was like we, were, we weren't being treated like adults one time I stayed at a hotel in uh in Raleigh North Carolina and the, the comics always stayed in this particular room and I went in and I saw there was a big hole in the drywall. And I called the front desk and they said that someone the week before had punched a hole in the drywall. And, you know, nobody's going to fix it because we're just comics. I would actually try and fix things when I got there. I was just like, you know, the, the legs coming off this, this uh, end table. Well, let's turn it over and see why. Let's tighten it up, fix it. Why, you know, go around and just fix shit. I've been out, I've gone out before to a hardware store and bought light bulbs. I bought, you know, I just like, well, this is ridiculous. When he's not doing home repairs in the comedy condo, Brad has other ways of filling his time on the road. And that's especially important on the cruise ship gigs. I'm on there seven days. I only perform on one night, maybe two. So there's a lot of free time. And I just realized I'm wasting my time. I'm just wasting my time. So at one time, uh, I bought um, Rosetta Stone and tried to teach myself Spanish. When I was on the cruise, I wrote a I wrote a movie um, uh, script one time it, within a week. Just sat there and hammered it out, and I felt like oh, I'm doing something much better with my time than you know. There's there's nothing. You can't sit by the pool all day, and it just bored the hell out of me. Two summers ago, working in the Midwest on land, he started leaving himself a few days open between shows. I just go out by myself, and I go watch minor league baseball every night. I just go to a different ball. I just purposely have two weekends where I do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I have Monday through Wednesday off or Sunday through Wednesday, and then I go, I'm hitting a different ballpark every night, sit by myself on a hot summer night, drink beer, watch minor league baseball. It's great. I told my wife, I really enjoyed doing that the last two summers. I'm going to do it again next summer. Kathy Ladman used to go see movies. She remembers fondly going to a movie a day during a week in San Francisco. And one of them was Lawrence of Arabia. So that was like a big commitment. Um, And I miss seeing that many movies. And there are rituals on the road. I unpack my bags and, and put all my clothes in drawers, which is weird because who knows what has been in those drawers. But I need to not live out of a suitcase. So I also, I take a bath. And I have to bathe. I don't shower. Me and the entire nation of Japan have a a pattern, and it is bathing. And so a lot of the new boutique hotels only have showers. Beautiful rainfall showers. I don't give a shit. 
Uh, I would like a bath. I don't care if it's a crummy bath. It has to be a giant bowl that I can uh, just kind of chill out for 15 minutes to a half an hour. Because it's the only time I slow down to some extent. And I like it. Yeah, I check on uh, line just to see what's around, what's in the neighborhood as far as bars and restaurants. And uh, I do, I've been doing yoga the last four years a lot. So I see if there's a place nearby, I can try that out. Um, and I used to run all the time. I would uh, check to see where I could take off and go for a run. That was a good way to explore a city sometimes. I'd go out the front door, have no clue where I was going and just take off and wander around, run for 30, 40 minutes till I got back to the hotel. In a strange place, or if not a strange place, it may be one you've been a dozen times before, but away from home at any rate, rituals help to ground you. I was sharing a room with April Macy, and she pointed out something I'd never realized about myself, is that I tend to, on the road, I sleep with my books. I bring about five books, a couple of nonfiction, a couple of, uh, a book I'm, a new book that I'm reading, and a couple of books that I can reread. But I sleep with them on the bed. They're just scattered all over the bed. And I don't do that at home. I don't, I have my, I'm inside my house. I'm inside my bed. My books are all around me. My life is all around me. There's no, I don't need any, I don't need a teddy bear. But the books are like a teddy bear to some extent. And she was like, the hell are you doing with half a dozen books around you? And I was like, well, it's soothing. And I'm 7,000 miles away from my house. So what the hell? And on the other side, when you finally do get home, Rituals help you not burn up on re-entry. As soon as I walk in the door, I have to unpack 100%. I take that bag, I open it up, I get everything in the lot. I just completely empty my bag as soon as I walk in the door. I want to be back moved in. I don't want to, you know, I, I clean my clothes, I hang them up, I've got to do what I have to do. Do my laundry, yes, I do that immediately. Go through the mail, you know, that kind of stuff right away. The first day that I come back, I am pretty useless where I have to take a bath to wash the travel off of me and then I have to nap and then um, I want to go out to dinner with my husband. Stuff like what Jackie does ritualistically when she gets in off the road, it feels prosaic. It is prosaic. That's the point, I think. The humdrum things we do at home in a day without even thinking are exactly the things that make it home. Because, make no mistake, the road isn't real life. It can offer, in short bursts, a respite from real life. You know, it's great to be away, and especially now when I have a, you know, a, like a kid and a husband, and, you know, sometimes I want to get the fuck out. I really do. And I need my space, and I, I live in a small space, and I don't have privacy, and the road is some privacy for me. And I like that. You know, I've told people too, quite frankly, I think when I'm home too long, every once in a while, she's like, when are you leaving for a few days? But the road can also exact a personal cost. That year that I did 45 weeks, I ended up talking to a couple of comics and three, three friends of mine got divorced because they were on the road too much. And their wives ended up having affairs. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, I wouldn't have called that. I would have called uh, you fellas who are very handsome and very funny, uh, getting, getting hit on a lot. I would have thought that it would have been the other way. And they were like, nah. And ultimately, and this might be even more pertinent to working comics if less personally painful, too much time on the road affects your point of view in a terrible way. It narrows your focus to the road itself 
and the things that are road adjacent. If you only do the road, if you don't have a rest of a life, you will end up going, I've seen this, in my opinion, uh, that you can go one of two ways. If all you do is the road and you don't have a rest of the life, you either end up being kind of boring, where you end up writing a lot of jokes about being on the road, or kind of dirty, which can be kind of boring, because uh, you talk about, because you're just trying to do shock jock kind of stuff, where you're like, well, and then I, and, you know, I took ecstasy in Alaska, and then I went and I decided I was going to live in a spider hole in the Sudan just while I was doing the road, you know. Oh, yeah. I think when you're at home, I mean, that's the reality that that's the life everybody else is living. And when you're on the road all the time, you're not living a normal life. And then the things you write about and talk about aren't relatable to the rest of the audience. If you're just talking about different motels every night or, you know, sleeping around or getting high and that's all you do. Well, that sounds fun for a few minutes, but most that's not most people's life. If you do not have a rest of a life, the material that you're writing is not, it's not whole. You, you are not, a, in my opinion, you are not a whole person. About 15 years ago was when I, I, I had this crisis of thought myself where I was like, I would like a boyfriend. I had never had a boyfriend. I had only done stand-up comedy. And then I would do what stand-up comics do, which is I would get laid and get drunk. And it was all very, very classy. And it felt very pretty. But, um... So I decided that I would like a boyfriend and I didn't know if I wanted to be married. I didn't know what that would be, but I knew that I needed a rest of life. It's hard to overstate how important that is because what Jackie calls a rest of life, the rest of us just call life. And if you're a comedian and your job is to tell the truth or at least to tell your truth as you understand it, how do you do that without a safe, secure place to stand in the world? and reflect, and experience life as most people understand it. Sometimes it's all about a roast chicken and some tomatoes. Well, I have always tended to be kind of a, a Norman Rockwell kind of nostalgic kind of person. With When I think about my upbringing and I think about home, I always tend to, I romanticize it. You know, I want there to be a roast chicken. I want my grandmother's garden to be uh, available to me. I I have these things that I need to recreate here the three to five days I'm home a week to make sure that I have that grounding. And enormously grateful for it, obviously, when I can create it. And when I can't, I'm a baby. I'm a big whiny baby about the whole thing. And my husband says to me, you're being very brave when you go on the road. But I clearly want to do it, right? <laughs> so I, like a lot of people, I want it all, you know? I, I want the home life and I want the security of it and the, and the feeling of, of peace and, 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 and security. But I also want the interesting life of, of having a career and having the road. And, but it does, it does make me appreciate it when I'm home and I do make sure that I find time to plant the tomatoes that I want to eat three months from now. And then my husband has to water, uh, you know, twice a week when I'm not here. And, um, but he likes tomatoes. And <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, I, I have a, I have a great love of, of the ideal of home. <laughs>